Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Jesus came to be a gentle redeemer and savior to those who don't believe. There's so many things about this statement that affect me. First of all, it's Jesus's target audience, those who don't even believe in him. Jesus came to gently convince the atheist, the agnostic, the Buddhist, the Muslim, the materialist, the hedonist, the Hindu, and even the Satanist. The second thing that gets me about this is that he does so gently, lovingly, tenderly. I don't know about you, but this makes me want to know Jesus more. Look at this verse in Isaiah 42, verse 3. By the way, I'm hoarse because I was screaming two days ago. Not out of anger, just out of pride. All right, there was a ceremony that I went to for my son Kyle, and I was screaming as hard as I could. He didn't even hear me, so it was worthless. But anyways, yelling for him, so that's why I'm, I'm hoarse today. But Isaiah 42, verse 3, it says, A bruised reed he will not break. Who's he? Jesus. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. You know what? To be gentle with somebody, if I'm going to be gentle with a child, I've got to be sympathetic with that child. I've noticed that real harsh people, you know why they're harsh with children? Because they forgot what it was like to be a child. Don't forget what it is to be a child, and you'll be gentle with children, right? Now, you can still lose your patience. Try not to, but all of us do. But generally, to be gentle means that you're going to be sympathetic with somebody, and that's why in Hebrews 4, verse 15, it's speaking of Jesus again. For we do not have a high priest who's unable. There's a double negative there, so don't get confused. We do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize and understand with our weaknesses or temptations. In other words, we do have a high priest who is able to sympathize with us. And therefore, he's gentle with us. He understands your problems. He sympathizes and empathizes with your feelings. And therefore, he is gentle with you. But we have one who is tempted, just like us, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect, as we are yet without committing any sin. Isn't that amazing? So when you're feeling bad about yourself for what you've done or what you've not done, don't. Because Jesus feels what you're feeling. He went through what you're going through and worse. And therefore, he's a gentle high priest. He's a gentle redeemer, savior who is going to help you and he wants to help you. How important is it to you to have someone who can sympathize with you? Have you ever been through something and you just wished, I wish I could talk to somebody who's been through what I've been through. Has that, has that ever been you before? He's just like, God, send somebody that knows what I'm going through so I can talk to them. It feels so good to be able to sit down and talk to somebody who's been through what you've been through. Amen? It, 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 it helps you. It helps you process. And so here's the thing about Jesus. He went through everything that we went through, and he understands, therefore, the pathway 
from hopelessness to salvation, from pain to rescue to healing, from abuse to safety. He knows how to get you from addiction to freedom. Why? Because he sympathizes with you. He's been there and done that, so to speak, without sin. I'm not saying he's been there and fallen into addiction, but Jesus was tempted with everything that you and I have been tempted with. He's been, if you might say, well, Jesus never suffered abuse. Yes, he did. (laughs) He suffered more abuse than you and I could ever dream of in a hundred lifetimes. He's been through everything that you could imagine. So it's, seven, it's so helpful, though, to have this someone, this confidant, this person uh, who you can talk to about your experiences. But you know what? If you ever get to the place where you don't have that someone to talk to, you always have Jesus, but you don't have that someone to talk to, don't refuse encouragement from someone who's trying to encourage you. I'll never forget, and this has happened many times to me, I have tried to help someone, and they say, Steve, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. And I've had people literally refuse the encouragement that I'm trying to give them simply because I don't know what they're going through. Please don't be that person. Please don't ever do that. Jesus knows, and if a kind-hearted human being is trying to encourage you, receive the encouragement they're trying to give you. You know what I've found, to be honest with you, and I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole right now, but is when people do that, when they say that, it's just an excuse. (laughs) It's just an excuse. So don't let your pain, don't let your hardship be an excuse for keeping yourself from being encouraged by the Lord and by people. But let's move on here. What human circumstances made Jesus so gentle and so desirous to save? What human experiences? Well, let's look at the Christmas story and begin to see what Jesus experienced, even from the minute he was born, that helps him sympathize with us and makes him so gentle with us. It says here in Luke 2, you can follow along. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that had taken place uh, since this uh, Quirinius, I believe, the governor of Syria had taken a census. And everyone went to their hometown to to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in, in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he had belonged because he belonged to the house of the line of David. Now let's. It starts from here. It starts from here because this town, this identity of Nazareth, plagued Jesus all his life. John Piper writes in a, his blog. Uh, uh, entitled God grew up in a forgotten town that Nazareth was never mentioned in the Old Testament it was a backwoods rural out of the way nothing special kind of town that you and I wouldn't even care to go to in fact when when it was told uh, to one of his disciples who would be Nathaniel he found out that Jesus was, was from, from Nazareth Uh, He expressed a common Jewish sentiment. He says, can anything come that good come out of Nazareth? Can anything? 
When people referred to Jesus of Nazareth, it was derogatory. It was a put down. And you see it throughout all of the Gospels. Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> These people were putting Jesus down. In fact, demons called Jesus and said, Jesus of Nazareth. His enemies referred to him as Jesus of Nazareth. Have you ever been put down because of your background or where you were raised or where you came from or your race? Have you ever been put down because of that? Jesus experienced your pain. Wow. Have you ever been put down because of something that you can't do very well? <laughs> you don't fit in very well? Jesus of Nazareth experienced the same thing. That's why he can be gentle with you. That's why he can be an encouragement for you. That's why he can pick you up whenever you're feeling down because he's gone through the same thing that you've gone through. Now, I have not experienced a lot of uh, racism or bigotry, but I have a couple of times. Just now, I won't even go through what they were. And my heart goes out to people who experience that because it doesn't feel good at all. Racism is a terrible thing to experience. We should never be a part of that. A racist joke, a quick little comment, a demeaning look. It's a terrible thing. Jesus experienced that. And that's why he can be so 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 um, gentle with us whenever we're going through. Um, Pilate is, is inscribed on the instrument of Jesus's torture on the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, as if a final reminder, you're a nobody, you're a nothing, you come from a community that doesn't amount to anything. But listen to this, God has a way of taking and turning things around and taking what produce, produces shame and it becoming an identity of redemption and salvation. Because look at this. <laughs> when the angel came to the tomb, Jesus' tomb, he says, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Praise God. He can take your weaknesses and turn them into something that shines for the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what Miwa was talking about, the, the pain that she went through with her children, her child. And now it's a glow, it's something strong for her that she can turn around and help others as we're going to support her in doing this and making this happen. Look at this, Simon Peter, who was spirit transformed after he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, had this tagline of his future ministry, he said, he was crucified. The Lord rose and he's Jesus of Nazareth. He's mentioned in Acts 2 verse 22. And Peter also healed a lame man in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Wow. The power, the powerful God who takes our weaknesses and he encourages us as a gentle redeemer and makes them our strengths. Absolutely incredible. So Jesus, before he was even born, he started out in, as a, in a deficit, as a liability, behind the curve. But you know what? It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end up. It doesn't matter 
Where you are now, it matters where you're headed towards right now. You need to tell yourself, if Jesus made it through this, he can help me make it through this as well because he is my gentle redeemer and he's my savior. Let's read on in Luke chapter 2, now verse in, in verse 5. He went there to register with Mary there in Bethlehem who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time for the baby came to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and rags and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. Can you imagine? You have to use your five senses whenever you read the stories in the Bible, the true stories in the Bible. The smell of a stable had to be horrible. Whenever I drive from here to Las Cruces, there's a dairy farm out there. We probably all, you know, what do you do as soon as you drive by the dairy farm on I-10? You roll up your windows, you turn on your air conditioner so the air doesn't filter through, you hold your nose so that you don't have to smell it. Can you imagine being born in the middle of that? Not driving by it, but in the middle of that. There was no room for Jesus. This was the first of many difficult and even tragic human experiences that Jesus would have. But he did it so he could be a gentle redeemer. Where were you born? (laughs) You weren't born in a stable. You weren't born with rags. You weren't born with infamy. (laughs) But he was. There was no room for him. Have you ever felt like there was no spot for you? no place for you you were off the team you maybe didn't have a family the way that other people had a family there was no place of employment for you maybe you'd lost your spot in your marriage or as a parent Jesus experienced that as well he's a gentle redeemer he comes alongside of you and helps you that's why not only is Jesus a gentle redeemer he sent his Holy Spirit referred to as a paraclete the paraclete not a parakeet a paraclete the one who came alongside of you he sent the Holy Spirit to be with you to help you to comfort you just as the Son of God did in coming to this earth Look at some of these other difficulties and tragedies that Jesus went through. He was homeless. His family thought he was crazy. You've got to stop and think for a second. How would you feel if your mom and dad thought you were crazy? Literally out of your mind. His best friends turned their backs on him at his weakest, most frail time. Not that Jesus was ever weak, but his circumstances certainly made it look that way. He stood face to face with the devil, endured all the demonic tricks and attacks. Have you ever had evil come against you and you felt like you couldn't even hardly breathe because of the evil that was coming against you? Jesus experienced that as well. He's your gentle redeemer. He dealt with death. He endured gossip and slander. He was shamed publicly. He endured periods of hunger. He knew what it was to feel ugly. (laughs) You say, well, Steve, where on earth did you get that? Before I show you, have you ever gotten up in the morning, looked in the mirror and said, I do not like what I see. 
I wish I was skinnier. I wish I was more handsome. I wish I was more beautiful. I wish I had hair. I wish this. I wish that. Have you ever had an ugly day where you didn't even like the clothes that you were wearing? You wish you could just change everything about yourself? Jesus experienced that as well. In Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3, it says, He had no beauty, no majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. <laughs> I don't think Jesus was a handsome, physically handsome person. I think the Bible is very clear that he was probably ugly. <laughs> As described here, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their face. He was despised and he was held in low esteem. God has experienced, Jesus experienced everything. That's why he's a gentle redeemer. That's why he's a savior to us. The worst that he experiences in Matthew 27, 46 where he experienced something that you and I have never experienced to date, and we won't in this lifetime. He experienced his father forsaking him. We can't even comprehend that. But we can feel that sometimes because the devil whispers it into your ear frequently saying, God has forsaken you. It's not true, but you feel that way. Imagine Jesus literally having his father completely forsake him, abandon him. A friend of mine once, when he had lost a loved one, told me, he said, Steve, this has got to feel sort of like what it is to be separated from God. When you lose your loved one, a friend, and they're gone, you're separated from them. You can't talk to them. You know they're gone, gone, gone. In this lifetime, I'll never talk to them again. He said, that must, that must be a taste of what it feels like to be separated from God. Oh, I don't want that. Do you? I don't want to be forsaken. And you know what? With Jesus having already paid the price in this lifetime, God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Unbelievable. That's why in Hebrews 12 verses 2 and 3 it says, for crying out loud, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. He, he scorned the shame of the cross for your behalf so that you'd never have to experience shame ever in your life. Absolutely amazing. So consider him. Look at him. Pay attention to him. Well, let's read on in Luke 2 and see what else Jesus experienced as human experience was on our for, for us on our behalf. It says there were shepherds living in fields nearby. If you were with us last Sunday night, we saw a movie uh, all depicted through the eyes of these shepherds. It was really interesting. I found it very interesting and insightful. But these shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. We bring good news that will be a great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a great company of hosts. I'm going to skip forward. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying there in the manger. 
And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. You know what? Jesus was worshipped by lowly shepherds. That was his experience. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God came to this earth. No one rich and famous worshipped him initially. It was just some dirty, stinky, homeless shepherds that worshipped him. Jesus came humbly and therefore he knows how it feels for you and me when we're humble or humbled. Have you ever been humbled? Have you ever been embarrassed? Have you ever been shamed? Jesus knows how that feels. From the very first breath of life, he was worshiped by the humble. Therefore, you and I, we need to be humble. A gentle savior can help us only when we are humble. I have learned that when circumstances humble me, literally to rejoice and to say, I needed that. That was actually good for me. I need to get my uh, knock down a step or two because pride was in my heart. There's nothing scarier, nothing more dangerous to us as Christians than to be prideful. Nothing in this world. You know why? The grace of God cannot reach you when you are proud. It's one of the few places where the grace of God cannot reach you is when you're proud. God gives grace to the humble, but he doesn't give grace to the proud. He doesn't do it. And so it's so important for us to let Jesus's gentleness help us. If you can't let Jesus's gentleness help you, you have a problem with pride. And I encourage you right this second to repent of pride. It's the most dangerous place to be. But he came to be a gentle redeemer, a savior. And you'll be gentle. Listen to this. You'll be more gentle whenever you're humble. Harsh people are not humble people. And I find this in the church, this, this tendency, and thankfully not in our church, but this tendency of harshness, of legalism, of getting out the whip and pegging somebody every time they mess up. That is not my Savior. <laughs> my Savior is a gentle redeemer, a humble Savior. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Have the same gentle mindset. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. If Jesus made himself nothing, don't you think you and I should make ourselves nothing? Jesus said, a student is not above his master. <laughs> if Jesus came to serve, you and I should come to serve as well. And we have an opportunity to do so on December 21st. <laughs> come and serve. Come and serve. He said, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. I'll give you these final scriptures in Hebrews 2.17. It says, therefore, he was made like his brethren in all things. Jesus was made like you and me 
human weaknesses, frailties, limitations. Oh, it's so aggravating sometimes. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. In other words, a gentle redeemer and a wonderful savior. In things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. What is propitiation? Well, as you can see, it's appeasing someone who has rightful, has the right to be angry and hurt with us. God has the right to be angry and hurt with us because we messed up. But he sent his son Jesus to take the place and to wash away our mistakes. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I admit I have made mistakes. That's called repentance. But in Hebrews 7, 25, it says, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Did you know that not all religions lead to heaven? Do you know that all belief systems don't lead to the same place? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to God except through me. You say, well, what about all those people in Africa? I don't know why we always bring up Africa. Tell you what, there's probably more Christians in Africa than there is in the United States. What I would be asking the question is, what about all those poor people in the United States that don't know Jesus? (laughs) And the question that I would ask you is, what are you doing to make sure that isn't the case anymore? Tell you what, we ran across two, two young people recently, never heard, two American young people, Never heard of Jesus, never heard of the cross, never heard anything. And you know what? This week they gave their heart to the Lord. This week. What are you doing? What are you doing to make sure that people know about Jesus? He's a gentle Savior. He's a gentle Redeemer. He's a wonderful Savior. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, you came to seek and to save that which was lost. You came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lord, that's me. You came to seek and to save me. Lord, what do we need to be saved from? We need to be saved from our selfish selves, Lord God. We need to be saved from pain that we might be experiencing in our body. We need to be saved, Lord God, from from mental anguish. That's what we need to be saved from, Lord. We need to be saved from addictions, Lord Jesus. We need to be saved from our own distractions that keep us from coming closer to you, Lord God. We need a gentle redeemer. Lord, what's a redeemer? It's somebody who comes in and says, you owe a debt and I'm going to pay it for you. That's what a redeemer is. Someone who will buy us out of slavery. Lord, you came to pay our debts and pay our regrets. (laughs) You're a gentle redeemer. You don't come in and remind us of all the mess that we made, Lord. You say, come and just repent and I'll pay your debts and I'll cover your regrets. Thank you for being a gentle redeemer. Thank you, God, for being a wonderful savior. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you need salvation today, I'd like you to come up and we're, we want to pray for you. You say, well, Steve, I'm a Christian. 
Well, maybe you need salvation from pain, physical pain in your body. Jesus wants to save you. <laughs> maybe you, you don't have enough money. You need financial salvation. Come up and be prayed for. Maybe you have a relationship that's broken. You haven't spoken to a loved one. You need salvation. You need, you need your relationship saved. Come up and be prayed for this morning. Come up and receive that salvation this morning. Come up and receive from Jesus this morning. I challenge you right now, stand up and come up and be prayed for. Receive your salvation. Lord God, we pray right now, God, that you would stir our hearts. Stir our hearts and say, Jesus, I need your gentle redemption, Lord God. I need your wonderful salvation, Lord. I need to be prayed for this morning. I need to receive, a, Lord, a refreshing, Lord God. Oh, God, help me, Lord. I'm desperate for you this morning. God, I need more of you, Jesus. Lord, please show me your gentleness this morning. Please show me your goodness this morning, oh God. Lord, please save me, rescue me. Lord, my mind is in shambles sometimes with worry, Lord God. Lord, with stress, Lord Jesus. I need a savior, Lord God. Please help me, Lord Jesus. Please help me, Lord God. I cry out to you, Lord. I remember that verse that says anyone who calls on the name or cries out to the name of Jesus, they will be saved. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, save us, Lord God. Rescue us, Lord. Deliver us, Lord Jesus. Redeem us. Buy us back out of our bondage, Lord Jesus. Lord God, do what only you can do, the gentle Redeemer, oh God. The gentle Redeemer, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, what do you do for us? You restore us. Lord, you redeem us. You save us. You give us joy. You give us peace, Lord God. Lord, you restore our life back to a better place than it was ever before. That's why you came, Jesus, to experience life, to experience death, to experience resurrection, Lord, so that we could have life. Lord, so we could have a resurrected life, oh Lord Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're, you're working wonders right now. Lord, you're redeeming us right now, God. You're restoring us right now, and we thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we look forward to the day, Lord Jesus, when our salvation is complete and we stand before your throne, Lord God. Our life is over, Lord Jesus, and we've exp we're experiencing eternal life forever with you, never to be separated. Lord, you said every tear will be wiped from our eyes, Lord Jesus. Lord, there'll be no more pain, no more sickness, oh Lord God, no more worries. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We just praise you and we worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being so gentle, for sympathizing with our, our weaknesses, our frailties, Lord God. We worship you, oh Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I pray this week that you would go with us. 
God, inspire us, Lord God, to reach the lost for you. Inspire us to serve people, Lord God. Inspire us to, to disciple people, Lord Jesus, and to be the light that you want us to be. And I thank you, God, for your wonderful protection and your love for us, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray, O oh God.